Welcome to the Forever Better Academy podcast, where you will be given the principles, tools, and techniques to reach the next stage on your journey of self-mastery. Who could you become? I'm your host, Wade Vincent. What's the one story that we all believe in? I bet if you try to guess, you probably wouldn't think of this, but believe it or not, it's money. Now, when I talk about story, I'm not talking about the traditional sense of, uh, of a story of a journey or a quest or, or you know, the hero's journey. I'm talking the, the story as in a belief system that we tell ourselves. Now, the reason, and a, and a good book on this, if, uh, if you haven't already read it, is Sapiens by uh, Yuval Noah Harari. I'm not sure. I hope that's how you pronounce it correctly. Um, and, and he talks on the, the, the reason that Homo sapiens have, a, have been able to uh, expand and spread all over the globe is that ability to tell stories and uh, cooperate uh, through those stories because we all buy into them and believe in them, right? So money is a story. It's something we tell ourselves, uh, the, 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 the paper or plastic money, um, coins now that aren't made from precious metals have no intrinsic value other than the value of the material. But because we believe the story about money, uh, we assign it value. So absolutely, I thought it's interesting to look at it like that, the, 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 you know, the story, the one story we all believe in. No matter what your culture is, is money or a system of trade bartering, basically, you know, currency. So uh, that's what I want to talk through today, because I know it's it's one of those things. It's a sensitive topic or a touchy topic, certainly. Um, you know, everyone has a different relationship with money, you know, and and um, as as per the title of this episode, you know, is your relationship with, with money on the rocks, you know, what is your relationship with money like? So I wanted to dive into that a little bit because especially in my experience, um, I've, I've very much been on both sides of the fence and um, I can, uh, you know, I think I can, I can talk well to what it's like believing one thing about money versus believing another thing about money being the complete opposite. So, um, for some background, uh, when I was little, I, um, was, uh, raised by my mother, a single mother, um, just myself and my sister and mum, And, um, mum worked very hard to support us. Um, we were very blessed to have a, um, dedicated and supportive, strong mother. Um, in a time, especially, um, uh, when I was growing up where, um, you know, it's still not equal now, but women in the workforce and uh, women in male-dominated workforce uh, in the um, 70s and 80s uh, had a very, very tough time, um, my mother being no exception to that. So all my life, I, I watched my mother um, have a, um, uh, a very... Uh, counterproductive relationship with money so uh, she didn't come from money as a family we didn't come from money we didn't have a lot of it so didn't really understand it 
didn't know how to uh, utilize money uh, as the tool that it actually is. So uh, growing up, mum would basically uh, follow the, the normal footsteps of, um, of the everyday person. Most people, you know, in the, in the debt cycle, in that trap of um, borrowing more than you can, living above your means to get by, and then in essence, trapping yourself into uh, working for your entire life to pay back the uh, money you borrowed from your future self, right? So I, I watched... And, and by no means, this is the thing too, I want to make clear from the beginning, um, we didn't miss out on anything. And I, I, I know if I asked my mom, she probably wouldn't ever change any of it. She did what she had to do with the knowledge she had at the time to provide for her family. So we, we weren't without meals on the table. Um, she always made sure that, you know, there was a roof over our head. We were educated, clothes on our back, and she did a fantastic job. So it's it's not it's not that I would ever down talk how she approached it because she provided for us but learning from that and growing up in that environment and uh being uh, <clears throat> what's the word I guess uh handed down a certain belief set or a, a system of of ways to approach money um by somebody who doesn't understand money can can set you back right so all my life watching mum, she would take, uh, like she'd get a credit card and then she would pay bills with the credit card and then when that card was maxed out and it was becoming overwhelming and it was too much to deal with, the interest on the card, she couldn't even pay down the interest, she would then transfer that card balance to a um, to a zero zero percent interest for six to 12 months balance um, from another provider and basically um, just keep bouncing the debt to different to different um, credit providers so never ever really getting rid of the debt or or trying to pay it down and, and just constantly taking lines of credit to provide uh, as we went along so as I said, we didn't really come from mine. We didn't have savings, especially when we we're little. When, when um, mum was at home with us before she was able to work because we were old enough to, um, you know, basically we were those latchkey kids to be left at home alone so that she could um, head out and, and know that we were safe. Um, and she, it got to a point where, pretty much, she she carried a debt right up until she retired and then from there got her superannuation so in australia uh it's almost like a forced savings scheme where um some of your income is deducted on a um weekly monthly whatever your pay cycle basis is and then that money is is in essence invested in sort of blue chip safe stocks for you in the um in the way of uh, removing the um, onus on the government to pay a pension as you retire because you've um, been forced to save and invest your money as you've been through your working life. So when when it came time for mum to retire, she took her superannuation. She was uh, in debt because of, uh, you know, 30 plus years of, uh, you know, taking lines of credit just to provide for her family and um, paid the debt off with most of her super and now is retired and has no money left. So 
very much a position where now um, she's she's lucky in a sense that the government will still give some money as a pension because of her age and it was a transition between superannuation uh, and, and out of pensions. So um, for context, when 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 I receive superannuation, when I retire, um, there is no such thing as a pension for, for my generation and beyond from Australia. Um, so she now is in a position where she needs to um, continue to work. So my mum is just shy of 70 years old. And um, if she, you know, <clears throat> wants wants to um, ensure that she has money coming in, she, she has to work again. Now, growing up and watching this and observing this and seeing that struggle and understanding how challenging and difficult that was, for for her and us as a family um, to to uh, to to sort of see the position now that that she's in because of that was one of those things that I never ever wanted to replicate in my life. So I I very much got money lessons not from being taught the correct way to utilize money as that as I said as that tool that it is, but. Uh, observing and and seeing the burden of that approach in in taking lines of credit and and selling your to- your future time to pay off the money that you're taking now and I never wanted to have that experience I don't ever want to be involved in that at all and for a good portion of my life well into my 20s I never ever had a credit card never because I I didn't want to get involved and then uh, the times that I had eventually decided that it was, you know, uh, useful for me and, and I didn't understand credit uh, to use it in, in the correct way at this time when I did take credit cards for the very first time. Um, it, it, same deal. Ended up biting me, um, paying multiple thousands of dollars in interest and just, just wasting money. And the key to remember too, just on, as I, you know, sort of steer off to the side for a little moment is is that all the money that you spend or invest poorly now is 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 a greater cost of opportunity um, lost because that that say $1000 as an example that you have maxed out a credit card say if it's a small $1000 credit card uh, what that actually costs you to pay it back versus the $1,000 if you invest it wisely in something that's going to give you a return and compound over time, it's, it's the, the cost is far greater than that $1,000. What you're significantly losing over that longer term play uh, is, is just mind boggling when you really look at it and understand what you're, what it's costing you, right? So I had this immense desire to never treat money like my mother did. I didn't ever want to be in, in debt. I didn't want to, uh, or debt that doesn't benefit me, right? So just the typical everyday uh, borrow money, live above my means, and then spend the rest of my life paying back that, that debt. Uh, internally, I think I felt um, I had a... I, 
as I said, I had a bad story that I would tell myself about money because I really, I, I, I'd inherited the, the narrative from, from my mother who probably inherited from her family um, generations beyond and before, before I was here. And little things that you don't realize at the time that instill this uh, belief system on you about money like I can recall my mother used to say things like let's say we'd, we'd go on the weekend maybe we'd go to the park and and get like uh, fish and chips or, or some hamburgers or something nice right and we'd just go down to the park and, and we'd sit and have like a little picnic and play as kids and and countless times my mother would say I wonder what the poor people are doing today <laughs> always it was always like a, like a catchphrase, right? So she would she would say that uh, in jest, being basically, uh, in, in, you know, insinuating that that we're the poor people. <laughs> we're in the park. We're we're the ones sitting there because we you know we don't have a lot. Um, and and not to say it wasn't fun times at all, but the the putting that uh, framing yourself as you're already setting yourself behind because you're you're saying you know we're the poor people we're the poor people we're the poor people constantly that that you just begin to accept that as as your narrative that's okay well we're poor and and uh another thing i i've I've thought about recently too is like the the little things like when someone says to you uh money is the root of all evil no it's ridiculous you know, that was one of those things. And that held me back for a very long time. When, when I used to hear that and believe that and, and, and feel like, oh, you know, if you, if you pursue money, um, there must be something wrong with you. There must be, uh, you must be like a bad person. You're deceitful. You, you don't care about others. You just want to take and, and all you care about is yourself. And it's absolutely ridiculous to see, if you really think about that. You know, look at the, the people in the world that are doing amazing things and fantastic philanthropy, you know, changing the world and helping people in need are the ones that have money. It takes resources to change things and make an impact in the world and do great things. You need the tools being the money. There is nothing wrong with chasing money if there is a cause behind it of value that you know it's in service of others. It benefits others. You're able to provide for your family and you should never feel guilty for wanting to do good things in the world. And if good things take money, then go and get some money. All right? It's very, very straightforward. So I've, I never liked the whole uh, money is the root of all evil. You know, it's, it's really yeah, money is a, is a magnifier. Right. If you would look at it like if you're, as I said, money is a tool, right? So keep that, keep that frame of mind. So if you're a good person that cares about others and maybe does, you know, volunteer work, good things in your community, you donate to charity, you try to do your part to better society and make an impact on your community, right? If you have more resources and more, more money and more you know, being that tool, could you help more people? Mother Teresa, 
basically considered a modern day saint. Would you say that she was a bad person because she was able to raise millions of dollars and, and impact and change people's lives around the world? The money that she raised that helped and assisted people and uh, changed and impacted their lives that they might not have ever had any opportunity or um, ability to um, to you know feed themselves or clothe themselves had she not pursued that 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 interest. What about when I know I heard this a lot when I was a kid. I'm not sure if if many of you out there heard this, but we were constantly told, you know, after handling money, wash your hands. Money's dirty. Don't forget, wash your hands. Money's dirty. Everyone touches it. It's dirty. Yes, I understand the truth in in multiple people touching it. Yes, it, it's got bacteria on it like anything else. But that that's, becomes ingrained, you know. You're constantly hearing that association that money and dirty constantly. And you, and you start to believe this, these negative traits or aspects of money. As I said, it's a magnifier. Let's say, for example, you are the opposite of, of someone like a Mother Teresa uh, and you're, you're not a good person, you're not a kind person, you, you don't care about others and you'll do whatever it takes to crush other people and, um, and get what you need at the expense of others. Yeah, when you get money, you're going to be able to do more of those horrible things. Money is that tool that allows you to, uh, to build upon what you're already trying to do in your life. It just creates more options and to do what you're already doing in a greater capacity. So it's really not about money being in inherently good or evil. People are inherently good or evil. Money is just a resource like anything else. So when, when I was going through these different sort of uh, experiences and lessons as I was growing and understanding how my family thought about money and just seeing the struggle and the difficulty that it caused us it it just it almost becomes um an obvious thing if you're if you're a kid growing up poor and you know you don't have a lot of things you know you don't miss out but you you know you don't have opportunity or ability to you know get the best education or or live in a nice area or a safer area or or have a car that's reliable or that or a car at all right you start to be like well there's got to be a better way surely there's another way that that I can that I can approach this and and live my life where I don't have to go through these same struggles. So as I said, I watched I watched my mum uh, struggle continually. There was never an easy moment for 30 years. There was never a moment where there was a relief because it was week to week. Just 30 years of struggle. 30 years of struggle. All right? So I took it very seriously um, that I wanted to learn and understand uh, the rules of money. If, if, if I'm going to change something, I need to, I need to understand. And that, that was that, that huge first obstacle, the brick wall that I needed to shatter and break through was that, that I didn't have any understanding of how money worked, 
how how are you supposed to uh, I don't like the word gather right but how how are you supposed to uh, earn money um, get get more money for your family and and grow your ability and maximize your your efforts um, to be rewarded for it so I spent a great deal of time as I went through my journey of of um of, I'm always on the journey, but as I, I as I began my journey to try and um, improve and better myself, uh, finances and, and uh, money and investments and and just overall uh, financial freedom is a huge a huge portion of that. So I spent a great deal of time trying to understand if I need to know and learn about money. What's the first logical step? How do I approach this? What do I do? So I started looking for people that had done what I wanted to do that um, that were of a, an ability to um, provide a level of wealth for their family that, that I would also like to provide for my family. So the, the key was, although I didn't have people that understood money around me or access to, uh, to money, uh, the very first step I could do was question what would I like to learn what do I need to learn what do I need to understand and when I had that clear goal that vision that path that outcome then I was able to take the next logical step reverse engineer it okay so if I need to understand uh, how to get to x level with with um, the financial freedom that I that I desire who has done that who can I get access to and how do I get access to those people so I spent, you know, like anyone, the, the logical step is to um, start grabbing money books. The One of the best investments you will ever make and you're starting out is investing 20, 30, 40, $50, whatever it may be to purchase a book on money. One of the best investments you'll ever make. It will return itself, you know, tenfold, a hundredfold, thousandfold. You have to take that money education into your own hands and start the process. So when you, uh, and that's another thing too, it's interesting, you know, you, you you can't be afraid to spend money. Money was designed to be spent. It's supposed to change hands. You've got to utilize money as the tool that it is to get the outcome that you so desire. So right from the beginning, when and purchase books, investment books, uh, personal finance books, um, how to clear yourself out of debt books, uh, your relationship with money, just concepts and framework around that story, right? To to really reframe what money means and how to understand what money truly is. So I, um, yeah, basically um, went on this quest of, of trying to understand and learn as much as I could. Um, and then, then once you go through that first initial phase, you're then sort of hit with that the the next obstacle, right? And and as I said, I I didn't have a lot of money. So how do you start to bring more money in? You know, it's it's not, and it's not about attracting money. I don't like that. It's not. There's no luck or you know you create that you can't treat money almost with the level of superstition right anything you can have anything that you want in this world 
absolutely anything as long as you are prepared to pay the cost to earn it. Now, the cost could be physical money. The cost could be time. The cost could be your effort. The cost could be your attention. If you are prepared to make that trade, you will receive what you're after. You have to earn it. So the the next logical step, right? So as, I, as I'm saying, if, if your relationship with money is, is on the rocks, first step, start investing in financial literature, buy some books. Even if they're not fantastic books, you will learn something. Take the first step, pick it up. And as you start to read more books, you'll understand which ones are worth reading, which ones aren't worth reading. And you start to grow and understand and see the patterns and the traits that are common amongst you know successful individuals or, or high earners because success leaves clues. You're not the first person to try and achieve this. There's a pattern there. There are rules within the game. And if you learn them and master them, you can absolutely easily follow them and achieve the same wealth that you desire that other people have done before you. So from there, I um I didn't have a lot of access to rich people. So I'd, I'd, I'd read some books. I'd learned. I'd, I'd watched things online. You know, do the work. Earn it. Earn your understanding. From there... I was, there's this sort of two ways. So you can either, the quickest way to start upping the the income that's coming into your household is you either reduce expenses and expenditure or you increase your capacity to earn. Now, I would 100% recommend increasing your capacity to earn because what that does is it, it, it shifts your mindset. Now, this is, this is a key a key element of this here is the main difference between rich people and poor people is mindset. It's scarcity versus abundance. Okay? Scarcity being there's not enough. Abundance being there's more than enough for everyone. It's not, it's not a, a win-lose equation. It's win-win, okay? So, for example, poor people will look at something that they desire that's out of their reach. And their, their response will be, I can't afford it. It's too expensive. Rich people and not just rich in the sense of money, rich in wealth, which is is a mindset, rich in abundance, rich in ability and opportunity to take ownership and, and change the course of your life because you own it. Rich people will look at something that they are after, they desire, they want, and they will say, how do I earn enough to get that? How do I achieve that? What do I need to do in order to get the result that I'm looking for? And that's the key difference between rich and poor. It's mindset, scarcity versus abundance. Right? So that was the first thing I did. I cut down um, expenses, obviously, where I could. But no, you don't get rich from saving money. Okay? Right now... Interest rate is low. Based on inflation, 
the money you're saving, inflation's going up higher than interest, your money is worth less the more you just sit it in a bank and save it. it. It's not working for you. It's not earning you money. You're losing money just by by hoarding it. So you have to take that money, put it to work, use it as a tool, as I said, and make that money grow, earn more money, get it working. It's a machine, right? It's part of the system, the rules and the story about money. You have to learn and understand these. So the key from there, after reading those books and 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 not having access to to wealth or or money to invest i had to take the next logical step what do i do now i increase my earning capacity so i spent time improving the skills that are sought after the desired value that i can bring to to my to my job to my work to my business to myself that is sought after skills that are in demand. And once you get better at those things, your earning capacity will rise accordingly because you are sought after. You are of more value. Now, money is that, remember I say currency, it's, it's that trade. So if you can provide value that is worth $50,000 a year as a salary, then you'll be paid $50,000 a year. If you can solve unique problems that not everyone can do, things that are difficult, things that that uh, people find challenging and not everyone's prepared to do, your value that you can contribute is greater. Therefore, your earning capacity is greater. So, as I said, and uh, you know, like I've, I've talked about this in the past, I spent the first, the, the last five years improving myself, and in that time. I was able to, you know, work with my partner and we cleared out our debt completely gone. No credit cards, no debts, and and position ourselves in a, in a way that we improved our skill set and went from um, you know, I I just beyond beyond my wife, my own ability, I tripled my income. I tripled my earning capacity. And and from there it just continues to grow because each new level, each new step is another opportunity to to learn the next part of the game, the next step, the next stage, right? And as you start to increase your ability to earn, suddenly there's not concern around, do we have enough money to pay bills? Can we afford this? Can we afford that? You have that extra because, and this is key too, when you get to that point and your earning capacity increases, don't spend more. If you've proven that you can already, uh, you know, survive or exist or, um, you know, manage your expenses on that level that you were previously at, you take that greater income, the, the higher level that you're now achieving, and you double down, invest that money to turn it into more money. Put that money to work because the small sacrifices that you make from the beginning, those become the freedoms down the road where you get to a point where if you don't feel like working, you don't have to because your money is working for you. You can't just work for money. You need the money to work for you. Does that make sense? So stay below your means. And as you increase your ability to earn and provide more because your value to society is greater, you will be rewarded accordingly. And then you utilize the, the, the cream on top, the extra money that you're earning, and you start learning how to invest that money, how to put that money to work, how to use that money 
to generate more money and bring freedom for your family and for others. You can do good when you have the right tools and you have resources. I'm, I promise you, your life is a thousand times better. It's a much nicer feeling being able to um, provide a good education for my kids and, and not have to say to them, I'm sorry, um, I can't um, send you to a nice school. I'm sorry, we, we can't afford for you to, um, to go to the movies with your friends. I'm sorry, buddy, like we don't, we can't go out to dinner. And that was what it was like when I was a kid, you know. My mom said, put it back. We can't afford it. And it wasn't a question. So after all of that, beyond, and it, it's not just about money, right? The money, again, I don't want this to be confused because the money is the tool. And it is fantastic. It makes your life easier. It removes stress and anxiety and problems. When you have money, you have options, you have freedoms, you have ability to do things that you don't have when you don't have those resources. But beyond that, the true joy comes from the person that you become because you understand as you go through this and you learn and you grow and you increase your ability to make an impact in the world or be of greater value to your community and your family, You've transformed into a whole new person. You've become the kind of person that you need to be to achieve the things that you've tried to achieve. And that that's what it's all about. That's, that's Forever Better Academy 100% in a nutshell. The journey. Who could you become? What kind of person do you become at the end of it? When you can sit back... Let's say you've, you've you know, done your um, education on finance and you've, you've increased your earning capacity and you've started to put your money to work for you and you're sitting back with your loved ones and uh, it's, it's Christmas Day and you have all your loved ones around you in a beautiful safe home and there's a fire going and you have a beautiful dinner on the table. There's presents for all the children and the grandchildren under the tree. You're all healthy. You have you have security, you have freedom, you have options and you sit there and you can, you can see the fruits of your labor and the joy that truly comes from the person that you've became. What a wonderful feeling. And I know which one I would rather be. I know I would rather be there experiencing that than, than telling my son, I can't put a, a present under the tree. And I've been there. I've been in that position where I can't provide for them like that. And I promise you, it's not a place you want to be. So I hope that you guys uh, get some value from this and understand wherever you are in your financial journey, I hope that you take that on board and uh, take those steps and see where it leads you. Okay? Now, this is just by no means, I just want to make this clear too, by no means I am not a financial advisor. But I know some things that I've learned along my way that have helped me, and they may help you. This is Wade Vincent. Thank you once again for being here and enjoying the Forever Better Academy podcast. If you know someone that, that struggles with money or, or doesn't uh, understand or is, is excited to learn or is curious and, and, and would like to understand what the next step is for them to, um, to uh, improve and grow and, and get better with money, share this with them. Tell them the story, share the lessons, you know, pass it on. Because the more that people can be in control and take 
uh, ownership and be empowered within their own lives to provide for themselves and their families, that has a flow on effect that, that benefits many, many others. All right. Thank you guys for being here. I look forward to uh, talking to you again next week and uh, enjoy your weekend. Bye, guys. <laughs>